0: hello everyone i'm trent Luce. welcome to another red shirt friday edition of roll route the program where we gather every day at this time well we do it monday through friday anyway and what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and the food consumption and the cattleman. steve lucy hancock county illinois basco illinois Made a post this past week on Twitter, and I was like, good grief. How long has it been since so I've talked to Steve? Let's just get him on the air and
1: have this discussion in public. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I'm good. And look what I remembered today. Red shirt. Dug out a red T-shirt just for the show. That's
0: good, because the last time you were and I were together at the winery, uh, it was pointed out that you didn't dress appropriately.
1: <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> I had a lot, I had a lot of people tell me. I can't believe you're wearing that. What was it? That coat? I had a black coat and a white shirt, right? And jeans. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: know. I thought you looked great, but you post pictures of people come out of the woodworks, like, "What are you doing? Why why do you care what somebody wears? Where what?" I don't know, man. My wife
1: tells me I look okay,
0: so I just (laughs) roll with that, right? Hey, that's all that matters. (laughs) For sure. So uh, it is Red Shirt Friday. You've got. I believe two sons that are graduates of West Point, active duty in the military, United States Army. Um, you couldn't be prouder.
1: I tell you what, I, uh, I never could have imagined that those boys would turn out the way they did. Um, my daughter is, is uh, a fantastic American as well. She's a school teacher in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, and uh, she was the smartest of all of them. But, yeah, the boys did go that path.
0: Time, they, they, time out. Time out. As a father of three, not wanting to pit one against the other two, that, that was a nice way to make sure your daughter knows you appreciate her intelligence and efforts as well, Dad. Good job.
1: I absolutely do. And she. Many people don't realize she was an athlete as well. My sons wrestled and uh, were very successful here at Illinois in high school. And one of them even won a state title in 2016. Oh, wow. They went on to wrestle for Army out at West Point. And, uh, you know, that was a big deal having to come from a school like Warsaw. You know how small we are. And then going to a Division I wrestling program was difficult, to say the least. But uh, that's part of their MO. They were just tough kids and and hardworking guys. And when they got out there, they didn't have the academic background. A lot of those kids did. But they worked through it, and uh, they worked through – their lack of experience from higher level wrestling once they got in that room and they worked through that and they stuck with it. My middle son, he, I think he started a few times for Army, but, you know, they didn't, they didn't really make any big championships or anything, but they sure as heck did a good job. So we were very proud of them. And now they are, uh, yeah, they're off. My oldest one's a captain. He's out in your neck of the woods, out in Colorado, actually. Oh, really?
0: Uh Uh-huh and uh, uh is he at colorado springs then he is fort carson fort carson yep the all-american beef battalion who has fed nearly 500 000 individuals in the united states military up a, a one pound ribeye has fed more at fort carson than any other base in the nation and one day steve we fed five thousand. wow in an, an hour and 50 minutes this is a group wow. of cowboys and farmers from kansas and Colorado and, and around the Midwest that uh, the great plains of America I should say that just drop everything and go feed people And Fort Carson has been a tremendous relationship.
1: You know, that's what, that's, what's unique about our community, isn't it? Our, our ranching community and farming community. A lot of people will uh, drop everything just to yeah. make sure things work and, and get, get food to people. And we support our military probably as much as anybody in the country and because we know you know my sons were just home over the weekend and we all all the community around Vasco and my neighbors and stuff we butcher together and things like that and they understand the reason why we get to be here and do what we do is because of boys like that and women that go out and protect us every day and and we need to remember that in this country i think oftentimes we forget why we get to do what we do uh
0: i was just having fun with you about your daughter it's not an easy time to be a teacher in any school system because every teacher i talk to says i wish i could just have time to teach instead of doing the hoops they make me jump through to be here with these kids so kudos to her as well for weathering the storm and trying to make a difference in these kids lives
1: yeah it's something else Uh, i'm proud of her she's uh she's brilliant like i said and She's an English teacher, freshman, sophomore, English, and uh, Iowa a great place to teach, I'll be honest with you, but uh, there's still struggles, I'm sure. She's, she's uh, somebody that I would have wanted to have teach me when I was a kid, and I think that's, that's a big compliment. I mean, she te- we talk about the classic literature she teaches, and she sticks with the, the basics, and uh, that's what these kids need. I was actually wondering
0: why an old cowboy from Hancock County, Illinois, had such good grammar. Now I know you got somebody in your house every day saying, "Dad, say sitting, not sitting."
1: My wife is a uh, my wife's a lifelong teacher, and she's a reading specialist, actually. She, oh.
0: te- she
1: teaches Title I, which is a uh, reading, basically. Yeah, they keep me on track. I do not have good grammar. I'll be honest with you. And when they, if any of them hear this, they will. Fail. You think I'm going to be
0: critical of you on that? No
1: way, Jose. <laughs> You've seen my posts. Those people—they hit on that. They seem to miss the point. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, I know
0: exactly what you're talking about. I know you can't say anything about what your son or your sons can't say anything to you even about what's going on but there are some things uh here's the one thing steve i reported thanks to a friend of mine tony nyhart retired u.s navy three weeks ago we reported that five aircraft carriers are in the the taiwan strait so to speak we sent three more there three weeks ago we've never had five aircraft carriers in one location and nobody's really talking about what's going on between China and Taiwan. And if you understand trade around the world, this is a huge deal. I'm just wondering what the folks who are actually engaged in the all branches of the military are thinking and hearing right now about the world and these people who think that they got to bring about world war three for no reason other than controlling food and people.
1: Well, so you're right. My, my sons are both officers and they, they are busy doing their duty. Um, one of them, my, my middle son is an army diver and he's in a dive unit out, out East by Norfolk. And I know that there's talk of those guys moving around the world, maybe next year. Um, some of that's just general, ordinary rotation. Um, there's really nothing that they have told me that comes about
0: mm-hmm.
1: to concern me that we're into something immediately. But I know, and it's in the back of their minds. All those military guys know it's it's kind of a high excitement time. I mean, they're they're all on edge a little bit. Um, I know that my oldest just got back from field training a week before he came home last weekend. So they're they're constantly training and they are constantly preparing. I will say that those guys from like, and I, and I know there's a lot of good officers you know, up through the ranks, but these guys are still, even at a captain level, you're not a super high officer, but those guys in the rank and file, I'll call it, they're ready to go. I mean, they, they train and they work hard. And, and I think that, you know, we can rest a little easy knowing that those guys are out there and doing their thing. Um, they also don't have any qualms about going somewhere if they need to, they mm-hmm. do, they, they have told me that. And, I'm proud of that, but I'm a little bit uh, always concerned about that. My middle one will he he said before he's like well dad if 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 anybody's got to go over there and do things and make sure that you you guys and your family and all the rest of the Americans can be what they want to be, it might as well be somebody like me and I, I that kind of set me back a little bit as a father and as an American patriot that that kids still have that attitude, so I think that's important.
0: Well, you know, Steve, uh, you know this as well as anybody. I've been in the genetics business my entire life. I'm talking about livestock genetics, but you just described kids that come from good genetic stock as well. That doesn't just happen accidentally. So good job.
1: I, I appreciate that. I know that my, I'm sure you're the same way. You're sixth generation. I'm five generations. They'll be the sixth of farming. And we were brought up that way. We just, we just worked hard and had a sense of patriotism, and we wanted the country to go well. We wanted our lifestyle to go well, and throughout all that, we were taught you know, that that doesn't happen just accidentally. That happens from real people doing real work and standing up for good things, and uh, I think that's our struggle right now in this country. We have too many people afraid to stand up for good things they want to stand up for all this nonsense and and be loud and the rest of us need to stand up in that gap and say no no that's not okay that doesn't sound right
0: steve lucy my guest we've got to take a break i want to remind you when it comes to cattlemen great plains cattlemen working together with a common goal tender beef for the consumer and the certified piedmontese accomplishments have a track record of saying that's exactly what we are doing And big news in the past couple of weeks, we've got new retail outlets coming on board. Increased demand is for tender beef. You don't need to go to the store, Steve. We deliver the tender beef to your door because I know you need some tender beef there in Hancock County, Illinois. CPBeef.com. CPBeef.com. More Steve Lucy. Roll route after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis on a red shirt Friday. The cattleman from Hancock County. Cattleman, if you want to follow Steve on Twitter, he does a lot of good thought provoking things. Uh, I was going to say that I was smarter than you because, you know, we grew up so similar. You in Hancock County, me in Adams County, just 50 miles or less apart, probably 30, uh, because I left Illinois in 1988. But <laughs> I'm actually thinking that we owe you a greater degree of latitude or uh, of appreciation because you decided to stay and fight and you fought through school board. So you've been on school board, your supervisor, did they fire you yet
1: since I saw you? No, I'm a Hancock County board member. And um, yeah. you'll be happy to know that it was last month. We passed a, uh, we just passed a resolution and an ordinance here in Hancock County unanimously that, we will not be recognized as a sanctuary county, and we've put some things in place to help us out if we have any of this uh, immigration issue that's been going around the country. So, yeah, we're hoping Adams County comes along and does something similar. I think they might.
0: Well, if we could give a little nudge, that'd be really good yeah. for Adams County.
1: If I only knew somebody in Adams County, maybe I'd make a phone call. I'm maybe able to talk to some people down there myself, I think. <laughs> uh,
0: so this is a serious situation. And and Steve, I'm now getting county sheriffs talking to me who are saying, uh, Trent, I can't tell you everything that's going on in my county. And I'm not talking about Chicago, St. Louis. I'm talking about the most rural counties you can imagine in the Great Plains of America telling us that ms13 gang members are coming through and the feds are telling them them as county sheriffs the ultimate authority in the county you can't touch them you leave them alone
1: i believe uh, I, that I, is,
0: I applaud you for as a county saying we're going to be a sanctuary county you can't come here
1: yeah uh, we're not going to be a sanctuary No, nah,
0: right right yeah <laughs> sanctuary you county. Right.
1: send them all here
0: no I, I said that
1: you are right that that is uh you know, that's something that's going on. And, and, you know, if you really dig into the constitution, that's probably correct. In some ways uh, the federal government is supposed to handle all this and they're not as we know. So mm-hmm. then it becomes, well, if the federal government's not handling it, what do we do? We see in Texas what they're doing and, you know, and things of that nature. But um, if you are a sanctuary state or county, Then the authorities, ICE, have a tendency not to come in and do anything, even if there's criminal activity. So that's why when those guys beat up the cop in New York, they really didn't go in there and arrest them. They they didn't arrest them until they got out to what Arizona, I think, because they couldn't go in. They they said they couldn't go into a sanctuary city. Well, we feel like if we're not a sanctuary area. We should be able to get a hold of ice if we have criminal activity and they will handle that for us. Now, who knows what will happen. They won't. But
0: I'm here to tell you they won't, they will not.
1: Yeah. It 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 feels like, you know, we're kind of backed up against a wall with this thing, and it's going to come down to citizens probably, local governments like ourselves, what we've done and making a statement saying, you know what, we we just can't afford it. A, we can't afford it and b we shouldn't have to afford it and c we're not going to we're not going to allow it with our we're not going to allow these foreign nationals maybe coming into our counties and and disrupting our services and our families we can't allow that
0: so let's just do a deeper dive there because if you're saying that you're not a sanctuary county which i applaud that doesn't say that a family or even illegals that came in with ill intent can't come to Hancock County. You can't really prevent them from coming to Hancock County. You just can't be a place where they're going to be hauled to by the federal government and warehoused. I believe
1: there's language in the in the document that says, I worked with the state's attorney to do this. I believe there's language that says uh, no dumping of Correct. Uh, undocumented, undocumented, non U.S. citizens, I believe is the language. They want you to use the word asylum seekers. I don't know if you've noticed that a lot in the in the news and in the, in the government and the state. They always talk about asylum seekers. And there's some debate in my mind about asylum seekers, because. Yes, we have that protection under the Constitution for people to come into this country and seek asylum. They should do that. Legally at the port of entry and in an organized fashion, they really can't just jump to and be dumped into Hancock County as asylum seekers because we're not a port of entry into this country and we don't have the system in place to allow them to seek asylum. So I think that's where we need to take a step back and and, uh, the government needs to go through the proper process with this.
0: I've interviewed some people in South Africa and around the world who wanted to come to the United States and seek asylum. And there is a pro- they have to have letters written and there's a process that you apply to before you show up at the border. You don't end up in Carthage, Illinois, and all of a sudden
1: decide, Hey, I'm going to seek asylum. That's not how it works. No, that isn't how it works. Uh, my ancestor, my great, great grandfather, his name was Jacques Francois Lucy. He was French. They came over, and he was in the French Army. Ironically, he was served his country, too. So he came over and went up the river to uh, Warsaw, Illinois, from New Orleans. And there was a rapids at the river, so they couldn't go any further. And he kind of stepped out into Hancock County, and it looked like home to them. So he stayed here, and he ended up working and making like $2,000 and bought an 80 acres. And then he became nationalized, but he had paperwork with him. Mm-hmm. As he got here to do all that, and he he was uh, he became a citizen not too long after in Carthage, Illinois. And I mean, that's the way it has to be done. That's the way it was designed to be done. And we're not against someone doing that. What I'm against is just dumping millions of people out throughout the country. We don't know who they are or nothing. They knew who my great-grandfather was. He was a soldier in the army in France. You know, we knew it.
0: Are you talking about the French Revolution?
1: No this would have been uh, eighteen I believe he came over in like 1875 something One, like that it's
0: a hundred years no no that's yeah. during the French Revolution that was the late 1800s.
1: Okay, no, it was well,
0: seventeen. No, excuse me, it's seventeen eighty-seven through like eighteen o three. So that's a yeah, yeah, that's an incredible time period.
1: Pro- probably and, at his, probably at his age, at his time period, he he served in the army where they didn't really have a lot going on. Is what right. what I think, but you know, yeah. nevertheless, I mean, it wasn't too many years before that the French really did us a pretty big favor Absolutely. out there in New Yorktown. So you know. Yeah
0: yeah i tell people that loose is german and first loose came from germany to quincy in 1832 but it's a little problematic because if you do a search in france probably about the same region your great grandfather came from loose france was a big spot in world war one so i'm afraid oh. I, that we might loose and you know what probably happened steve is that there were some great 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 uncles or uh, grandpas that were brothers that didn't get along so one became a lucy and the other one was a loose and they split off said i don't know those people
1: that's very that's very possible that's very possible (laughs) you you know maybe if i would if i could grow my mustache out a little bit longer you know i could probably why would
0: you when you have such a beautiful beard
1: (laughs) well I don't, yeah, I can't handle my beard. I definitely couldn't handle a mustache, so. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I've been told I can't handle mine either, so there there we are. All right, no, uh, well, one we, minute, we, and then we're going to go to a break.
1: Okay, I was wanting to talk to you a little bit about uh, some other things going on in, in the Illinois legislature that. Oh, can,
0: I can't believe there'd be anything going on in Illinois legislature.
1: We can talk about that when we come back. There's a certain, uh state rep up in Northern Illinois trying to pass a a, basically a transgender child abuse law to make parents become child abusers. And uh, we've been hitting that pretty hard here in Illinois. So I think it's important to touch on.
0: I think that's the perfect place to pick up on it, because when we come back, you're going to be surprised to learn that Nebraska has a similar law in place that is intended to prevent transgender issues. But if you read it right, it could promote the problem. These state legislators are completely out of control in 2024. Steve Lucy coming to us from Hancock County, Illinois. Before I let you go and remind you about Simpson Farm Enterprises, we had a fantastic set of meetings in Kansas and in Grand Island, Nebraska. The Apache Sprayer is all about innovation, reliability. Reliability is a big thing, but everything breaks down. So you better have service. Simpson Farm Enterprises from Hayes, Kansas, has service like you've never seen before. It doesn't matter where you're at. They deal with people in Chillicothe, Texas, as well as Chillicothe, Missouri. It's a big swath, and it's all about reliability and minimizing the impact of pest. And pest, I'm talking about weeds and bugs and insects. Get on top of them now. High Plains Apache in the Northern Great Plains or Simpson Farm Enterprises from, uh, let's say, Nebraska all the way to Eagle Pass, Texas. More details on the web at SimpsonFarm.com, SimpsonFarm.com or HighPlainsApache.com. We're back with the second half. Steve Lucy, roll out after this. Welcome back roller out on a red shirt Friday it's a black hat red shirt you just don't have a, a nice blue rag there Steve otherwise uh, right I on left here. my wild
1: rag in the base it's too warm it's too warm to wear a wild rag today we, We're on this roller coaster of uh, you know you had it I'm sure before me out there we had cold well, we had 15 degrees and cold wind one day and now we're creeping back up to maybe hitting 70 this weekend again.
0: On Monday of this week, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we were 75 degrees with a 60-mile-an-hour west wind. A, a smoke cloud rolled in here like a storm cloud from fires 100 miles west of me. It went went completely dark. I, I took wow. a picture of the sun, Steve. That's how crazy it was. The next day, our temperature was 6 degrees. 24 hours later, 6 wow. degrees. We had a skiff of snow. We really didn't get much snow. Maybe two inches. I don't know. And we're supposed to be 72 again today. That's what this week has been like for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: And whatever I get, you get tomorrow.
1: I watch it out there. It's because it's always coming here. I have some people like yourself and other ranchers that I follow on my social media. And, you know, whenever they're whatever they're dealing with, I'm like, okay, I better get. Get ready because it's coming here. They're better than the weathermen, actually, because they see it real time. And then here it comes a day later to my place.
0: Yeah. All right. So tell us about what's happening in Springfield.
1: So in uh, up around Naperville area, which is uh, also where an organization that I'm with, Awake Illinois and Awake Americans, I'm a director for those organizations. And a good friend of mine, Shannon Adcock, uh, started those and we were really big and fighting for the school kids during COVID and things of that nature. And it's just a child advocacy um, group that, that, that keeps on track and tries to get people to wake up, right, of what's going on. But there's a state rep up there named Ann Stava Murray, and she's introduced a bill. It's called HB 4876. And if any of you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I've posted about it quite often And Shannon has done several interviews with people and on her Instagram and on Twitter, really brought awareness. I think the last I heard, this uh, state rep has received maybe over 3,000 emails from people saying, hey, this is not okay. But essentially this bill is a parent's rights um, attack bill, is what I would call it. She's saying that if your child decides they want to change their gender in school, a school-age kid, then if you do not allow them to do that as a parent, then you could be deemed a child abuser and DCFS can come in and and uh, initially fine you $2500, possibly take your child from you. But this bill goes a lot deeper than that because it even talks about if you refuse primary care for your child and what does that mean, Trent? How 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 big of a net is that? You know, I mean, uh, I don't go to the doctor hardly at, at all. all. And when I was a kid, we would go to the doctor if I needed to, if I got cut or something or, or had an injury. You know, we probably had four or five vaccines when I was a kid at my age. And now you're you're slated to have over a hundred, I think. If you so is all that part of the primary care? We just don't know, but. The people that are advocating to mutilate children are really radical and sick. And when a parent wants to keep their child safe and talk to them and and work them through those processes, I understand kids have a lot of influence these days that parents, parents are the front line that need to work them through that. And if they are taken away from the parent and the parent has no rights, then we've got a problem. Because it all starts in the family, as you know. We talked about it just a while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So we really need to be aware of these radical bills. And people need to call their legislators and say, no, enough is enough. And I'm of the stance that, you know what? God makes perfect people. If you're born a boy, you're a boy. And, and you know, that's just the way it is.
0: Steve, I i found a my wife kelly has a master's in reproductive physiology wow and obviously that was people but uh i showed her a scientific america and that's not the publication it's just the, the the world it came from they are documenting this is what they're trying to tell us they are documenting that the y chromosome is leaving and that it won't be long be long in the sense of not near my lifetime but in somebody's lifetime that the y chromosome won't exist i showed this to kelly and i said how many people you think are going to believe this but i guarantee you there are legislators all around this country using that piece of information to say see see science is saying that male and female are no longer that we're going to all just have x, x chromosomes and we figure out what gender we want to be what a load of nonsense and who falls for this
1: you know i don't think a lot of people fall for it but what we find in illinois is a lot of people aren't aware of what's going on or they think that they can't do anything about it and you know or they're afraid to say they're afraid to stand up and say what you just said or what i'm saying that you know what this is nonsense it's not okay for a boy to be going in a girl's bathroom in a, in a junior high school. It's not okay for a boy to be playing on a girl's basketball team. Um, you know, as I said, my kids were in athletics and they had their separate athletic teams, you know, and and I wouldn't it wanted a, a, a boy like my sons running cross country against my daughter, you know, that just – isn't fair. There's differences in boys and women. You see it in the livestock world. I mean, I try to point that out on my Twitter sometimes, you know, I'll send a picture of a calf nursing a cow and, and, and be like, you know, that don't happen with a bull guys. And so I, again, I think we could go back and say, we're just too far removed from the farm, Trent, because so many lessons on the farm really would you know, it would fix a lot of this crap if people understood that, but I don't understand why people think it's okay. Uh, we're into this feelings world, social, emotional learning. That's another problem. Um, I saw an article yesterday talking about, are we really helping by doing that? And I, I made a comment. I'm like, no, I don't think we're helping. I mean, I, I coached kids when I was younger and if they had emotional problems, we taught them how to work through that and channel that emotion and, and turn it into, you know, something good instead of just sitting there and thinking about yourself and getting in your head all day long. When when we teach them that, then that mentality problem just keeps coming and coming and coming, you know, and I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a rancher. But I think if we use a little common sense, we can think through a lot of this stuff and we don't have to have a degree to know it
0: two years ago it was a hot debate in nebraska and i'm not going to tell you it's left this the state school board was trying to force social emotional learning upon school districts and they do that by threatening to withhold funds if you don't comply sure so i went to the state school board meeting that one happened to be in north platte nebraska and steve i said you know what i'm not opposed to social emotional learning in fact that's how i grew up If I did something wrong, bad enough, my father would reach for his belt and take it off. And emotionally, I understood that I did something wrong. And so if you're talking about paddling kids in school to deter them from acting badly, I'm all about it, but that's not what you're doing. You're talking about screwing up their
1: head for good. That's what it is. And again, my wife is a teacher and we have had this debate. She is, she knows she understands that there is emotional learning going on and you have to go through that, but it's how they're channeling it and how they're going about it. That is the problem, you know, and, and before that was even a, the, the end thing, you know, 20 years ago, my wife was teaching little kids. She was an early childhood education major. She was teaching little kids how to deal with their emotions and how to work socially. kindergartners with each other and everything was fine. You didn't have to, you know, sort of pull off and have a complete different curriculum that wasted the time that you needed to be spending on teaching them how to read or their letter sounds. So I think we just go too far with things.
0: Steve, that to me, as a person who's never been a teacher in a classroom, that's the biggest change that I see is that a real teacher, the skill of a teacher is knowing that Jane has a different learning ability than uh, Rhonda. And you, you can't just blanket teach every kid in every class the same way. And that's what this government's trying to do. And by the way, I don't believe any of it is for the benefit of the kids. I believe 100% is to create chaos, but removing the ability for the teacher to handle each kid accordingly is the biggest demise of education system in my lifetime.
1: I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, Back when I was in school, I always remember I had a really wonderful high school math teacher. Her name was Mrs. Gable, and she was brilliant. And She would struggle with certain students at times, and I remember her saying one time, she's like, I don't understand why he can't get it, you know, and, and he just can't get it. He can't get it. And finally, she said, then I thought to myself, well, maybe he's not the problem. Maybe it's how I'm <laughs> teaching it is the problem. And yeah. then she would, cha- she would change and it would, it would fix things, you know? So that's the kind of thought that we don't have a lot of times anymore. Uh, big teacher unions push one thing and one thing only and it sort of indoctrinates these teachers. And that's why it was scary with my daughter going into to uh, teaching, but she's, she's just got to super smart mind. We need more kids like that. And and I, I even spoke to our state board of education back through COVID. And I told them you're losing the best and brightest kids from Illinois to other states because they don't want to teach here with the policies you're laying down. And so what happens, yeah. Brent, the snowball gets bigger and it gets worse well, because you don't have the best people in place.
0: Yeah. They go to Mount Pleasant, Iowa instead of Warsaw.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. I don't know what the answer is exactly other than we just have to, we have to keep awareness up. We have to keep awareness up about these, these reps and these bills. They just recently tried to pass a a diesel truck bill here in Illinois, which I I know your family would not have liked that. You know, they were going to adopt all the California standards. And if you had a 2010 diesel pickup or diesel truck or older, you would not get a license plate for it. Now, enough people voiced some concern and that, that got stopped for now, but we don't know when that's coming back. It's all on the guise of climate change, right?
0: Steve, Lucy, my guest, we will take a break. We've got one segment left. we got a lot of ground to plow yet. So we'll get to that when we return. I want to remind you that Greg Hager, he's like Steve and myself, he has country roots and he writes songs and sings those songs Names Cowboy Entertainer of the Year because of his ability to not only write them, but convey them in a way. And his country roots will get this nation back to boots if you just pay attention. And Steve, all things in the history of this country came from somebody wearing a boot or a pair of boots, I should say. Get more information about Greg Hager, go to the website, Greghager.com, and you can order or maybe have him come to your event. Greg Steve Lucy, last segment. Roll route, Redshirt Friday after this. Welcome back. Roll Route. Trent loose Steve Lucy joining us from Basco, Illinois. Everybody knows where Basco's at, I think.
1: They got a pretty good chicken night on Wednesday night, man. You well, know, maybe I'll come next week. Yeah, it's still going, I guess. I, I go up there a couple times a year. The office tavern. We have we have that. And we have the Basco elevator and some of my good friends, the Hertz family, the Hurt family runs that and uh they do a good job. They're one of the one of the only independent grain elevators left around. I mean, there's not many of those either. Uh, there's a lot of independent people around Basco, Illinois, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, is the softball
1: field still functional
0: at basketball? Yeah,
1: yes. They they still have a, a, a kids league, I believe, that plays softball up there. People get oh, that going every year. So yeah.
0: they finally made it so that Tony Kaler couldn't go throw pitches there
1: anymore? I, I'm not too sure Tony doesn't throw a pitch or two still anymore. That <laughs> guy, he's like the energized He's bunny. too old. <laughs> Uh, he, Tony will see this and uh, he'll get a chuckle, but he could throw a ball, couldn't he?
0: Fortunately, when I played fast pitch softball, he was my pitcher.
1: There you go. Yeah. I didn't
0: have to face him, I was catching him. So it was, it, we had a lot of good times at those fields all around Hancock County, Bowen.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, if you were a catcher, you were a busy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that-
0: you, you know who coached my team.
1: I couldn't tell you actually. My dad played softball generation before you. A lot did a lot of that and was they had great that was a big thing around here. Great men's fast pitch softball.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. My dad I, I guarantee our team. fathers played against each other.
1: I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah.
0: But our coach for our team was Rocco Ramsey.
1: Oh, Rocco. <laughs> oh man. He coached a lot of years.
0: Oh yeah. What a mess. He's a mess. And Trevor Swicegood, he was a playing first base. Oh, one of your fellow uh, county board members was on our team.
1: Well, I'm trying to think who would that have been on our my county board. Oh, his name's Finney. Oh, Steve Finney? Yes, sir. I didn't know Stephen played softball with you guys. He did. Boy, he should have been able to hit it out of the park <laughs> if he ever got a hold of it.
0: <laughs> he didn't ever get a hold of it.
1: <laughs> did, uh, we did. I'm
0: gonna blame all of our losses on Steve Finney. That's what I'm gonna do. There you go.
1: Did you play with Stevie Meyer from Warsaw?
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's
1: a character too. All you guys are kind of characters on that team. Rich,
0: Rich Gasler.
1: Oh yeah, Rich. He still farms yeah. down there at West Point. Good people.
0: uh Rocco even talked me one year. It's not Wayland, but it's somewhere over there on Highway Two in Iowa. After Kelly and I moved to South Dakota, he talked me to come back and play on a tournament. In a tournament, it's a twenty-four hour a day tournament. They play all night; they never stop. They just keep playing wow. till the tournament's over. Oh, those are a lot of good times. Yeah, I uh, bet you were. Yeah,
1: I can imagine.
0: I I just hope that our kids and we're not hope we have to make sure that not only our kids but grandkids still get to enjoy that community atmosphere because that's what we were just describing is a community atmosphere that we would go and play softball all around the country it's just one aspect of the community
1: it's such an important thing and you know we have lost we've lost community throughout these rural areas you know guys move away and And uh, families buy up bigger farms, so it's difficult to uh, have. There used to be 20 more local farmers and small houses around, you know, my general area. And now there's just a few of us left, and it's kind of sad to see. I do see a few youth sticking around now. I think um, we see that the four-year college has gotten so expensive, and it's gotten to be not for everyone. So there's a few more local youth around here hitting up some trades and maybe coming back to the farm and, and sticking around closer. So I see that as a good sign. Um, you know, I think one of our biggest things, I, I, I know you saw this probably, uh, what was the, uh, the New York attorney general, mm-hmm. um, Leticia James. She's suing Wednesday.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. She's suing JBS for, uh, climate change, right? That the beef industry is destroying her New York mm. habitat, I guess. I don't know what you call it, but uh, you know, well, let me like jump
0: that. in. Uh, let me jump in, Steve, because 3 weeks ago I was speaking in Albany, New York for the Northeast mm-hmm. Agribusiness and Feed Alliance, and New York people don't know this. New York is still now they're fifth in the dairy world in terms of ranking Big. a state. They were yeah. third. But Steve, every single dairyman, feed supplier <clears throat> trucker anybody involved in agriculture that i spoke to that day they said there is no way with the current climate in new york we will continue to be here in five years and then we see the entire announcement from leticia james and i actually had an attorney a county attorney from new york send me the document yesterday i have the official filing of what they wow. filed against jbs and they're not filing. The claim is not that they're in, they're dangerous to the environment. The claim is that they're talking about by 2040 being at net carbon zero. And the attorney general says, we don't believe you. That, that, that's filing a lawsuit against a company in your state saying that your marketing campaigns are lying about what you're going to do in 2040. And I got news for you. It's not 24. It's not even 2030 yet.
1: I mean, we're in a clown world, though, Trent. You see that with some of these other lawsuits brought there in New York with the former president and things. I'm not advocating one way or another for, for any politician, but I'm advocating for a proper and fair justice system. And these lawsuits, like what she's bringing, it's frivolous. It's not even here yet, like you said. And it is all, I tell people this every day, it is all an attack. It's Mm. an attack on your food supply. And that is a problem because if people like me and you and, and our families and others cannot raise healthy food for this country and we don't have control of that, then the government will have control of that or the government players. And I assure you, they don't care about you as much as I do or as much as Trent does. I assure you that.
0: Yeah. One of the driving forces, I mean, obviously, I'm driven and inspired by so many young people I meet that are in FFA or any youth organization. But I think about my grandfather so much. Steve, he's born 1918 Calvin J. Luce. He had to quit school in eighth grade to go home and farm so we can continue to raise food. And everybody knows that 1918 through the 40s was not an easy time to be in agriculture. But if he he knew that the word farm had become a four-letter word, he's flipping over in his grave. And so my motivation is, as much as anything, just to make sure the legacy that he continued on, then with my father, the fifth generation, and me, the sixth generation, that we continue to explain the farm is the solution to the problems, not the problem.
1: That's a great statement. And, uh, you know, your family would be super proud of you, Trent, because you're one of the key voices in, in this country to get out about agriculture. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've at least got a decent following now on my social media is because people didn't understand anything about agriculture. Mm. And now they see this guy out here that seems like a real guy, which I am, They're not used to seeing real people talk about real things. Social media is like a 20 second click and then you're gone. Most people don't even have their picture on their social media. So we just have to educate the public. The public does not want the government to run their food supply solely, but they don't know that. They don't know what's coming. They think everything's okay. You know, just like before COVID happened, they thought everything was okay. Nothing nefarious will ever happen to us. And, you know, throughout all that, we found that that was a pretty big staged event. It looks like something was fishy. Uh, And, uh, you know, we're seeing the same thing with this meat (laughs) and beef issue. And what I look at is the little things that they're talking about these little things this seems like a frivolous lawsuit but it's going to bring more talk and more narrative and more awareness and people are going to see that and they're going to click on that and they're going to see oh my gosh we had to sue the beef industry they must be terrible the beef industry must be horrible well the education needs to come out that they're not horrible and i tell people i try to put pictures up of my place often green pastures and green trees if we go net zero carbon, we're going to have problems. I think we need mm, CO2 in our atmosphere. And we,
0: we won't exist. Net carbon zero is about depopulation because with the human body's 18% carbon,
1: you're gone. Yeah. I mean, Trent, I don't understand why people continue to, to just think that it's okay to mess with Mother Nature. I mean, I, I say it often let Mother Nature do her thing. She's undefeated. She's undefeated and we don't do that we want to micromanage god's world and we that's not what we're here for as humans
0: steve every day i I spend time trying to motivate people to engage in their school board to engage in their county politics to be a part of the county commission to get involved at the state capitol and to stand up for humanity. And you are the poster child because every one of those things that I tell people to do, you are doing, have done, and will continue to do. And it's just proud to call you a friend and I'd cross the river with you anytime.
1: God bless you, sir. I appreciate that. And, uh, same, same goes to you.
0: Steve Lucy joining us from Hancock County, Illinois, Stop by Basco on Wednesday to get the best fried chicken you'll ever have. For sure in Hancock County. We'll see who comes unglued about that. We've successfully journeyed down the path, connecting food producers to food consumers. For Steve Lucy I'm trying to lose. Don't forget, follow him on Twitter, Cattleman. Thank you, sir. Or, all roads do lead to a roll row. I mentioned this before, but this is just a perfect time to talk about a couple of en- endeavors that I'm part of, the All American Beef Battalion. Saying thank you to those active duty. And veterans, we just can't do enough to say thank you to the veterans. stakes 4 is the place to go find out more information about what it is that the all American Beef Battalion does. Just like we say, touch those who are serving our nation and their families through their stomach beef. It's the most nutrient-dense food substance you can find upcycled from cellulose material. And in North Dakota we continue to say thank you with the Wall of Honor. The Wall of Honor incorporates the first responders as well as the, the uh, veterans of this nation putting up uh, a video in each of the communities with the local individuals who have served in the military and as first responders. It's about saying thank you to those who have given so much to our country. TheWallOfHonor.com or StakesForTroops.com Have a thankful weekend.